before we get seated and all that, stay standing. I understand that uh, my role is to give a message, but I really feel like God wants to give you a moment. And uh, I got liberty from your pastor to do this, but I just think we should go back into that chorus, every blessing you pour out, every tragedy you allow, because there's many of you at one of our locations today that you were like, just overwhelmed with life. And even some of you need to be reminded of the tremendous blessing that God has on your life. And so I just thought that maybe we should just maximize the moment that I'm just gonna get out of the way, let the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do. And I would just, I would encourage you, maybe you've never lifted your hands, maybe you've never actually sound, sung out loud. I would encourage you just to step into this moment. I promise you, God will meet you. God will meet you. He will, he will meet you in your, if you're physically able, come on, let's lift our hands together. If you're able to sing, it might not be the best sound, but it's a joyful nose to God. Come on, let's just worship him together. Come on, every tragedy you allow. circumstances as a good God who's got a good plan for his children. God, I also pray today, I know I'm going to be declaring a message. God, I pray you would anoint my lips, declare your truth, that it would fall on fertile soil, that we would take action steps to the word that you've deposited in my heart. And God, I know at every location in Salt Lake City, in Portland, all over the state of Montana, God, I know that there's many people that are attending today that don't know you as Lord and Savior. And it could be for multiple reasons. Maybe uh, they saw a bad example of you. Maybe there's been some things in their life that would make them doubt you. Maybe there's something inside them that says they don't need you at all. But God, I pray today by the end of this message that they would accept this ginormous invitation that you're offering to them and they would receive you as Lord and Savior. God, I also pray for those of us who love you, who've surrendered everything to follow you. God, I pray that God, you would help us live this thing better outside these walls than inside these walls. God, I pray that we'd be a reflection of your grace, a reflection of your glory, a reflection of your goodness. And God, ultimately, that we'd be an example that people would want to follow. That God, our life would matter at our schools, at our homes, at our locations, in our communities. And God, many souls would be one from the testimony of our life. We thank you for everything that you're doing. In Jesus' mighty name, come on, shout amen. 
Why don't you high five at least five people and tell them, did you lose weight? And you can be seated. Did you lose weight? Did you lose weight? Man, Fresh Life, I am so grateful to be with you today. Uh, hopefully, uh, you will know how honored we are uh, to be in attendance with you. And uh, before I get started, I just want to say we love your pastors. Your pastors are the most amazing pastors on the planet. And uh, honestly, we would drop anything to serve you. And uh, we feel very honored and grateful to be a part of the miracle called Fresh Life. And uh, I said this to you before, I believe, in an email that I sent. Um, but I just, I just, I am grateful that you didn't quit. That that song, every blessing, every tragedy, you live it. And in moments where people would have given you a license to say, you know what, we understand that you ran to the to, toward the roar. And for us, it's inspiring, and um, I believe for the people of Fresh Life, it's very inspiring to know that you can persevere yeah. through difficult stuff, and God will give you glory on the other end. I just think it would be fitting to honor your pastors today. Come on, at every location. Come on, stand to your feet. Give it up. They're worthy of double honor, and we love them. We love them. Uh, you know, we're, we're committed, we're in this together. Um, that's our church name, but we really are in this together. We believe it, we love you guys, and uh, we're believing your best days are ahead for sure. And uh, we're loving the new little man addition, Linux to the, to the Lusco tribe, as well as your four beautiful daughters. They are amazing and we're so grateful uh, for them. And with that said, I'm gonna jump into today's message. And I've entitled this, Put Them Down, in a series called Rock This Way. Rock this way, hashtag, put them down. And, uh, you know, I'm from, I'm, I'm raised in the 80s, so rock this way, you know. Uh, if, if you liked rock, you were like Aerosmith, rock this way. And if you like hip-hop, you were Run DMC, rock this way. But either way, uh, we're going to rock it, and I believe that God wants to say something to us. I'm going to start in John chapter 8, John chapter 8, and I'm going to read this text. We're going to jump right into this. Verse 1 through 11, it says this, Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. And as he was speaking, the teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. Now, for the record, uh, let me just state the obvious that adultery uh, is a sin. It was wrong. Uh, and in this context, uh, it was against the law. And you would get stoned. Now, in Washington, people get stoned not the same way that this biblical account is talking about getting stoned. <laughs> the, the, this actually involved rocks, right? Not weed, okay? But... But they brought this lady out, and she probably only had the sheet that she could grab out of the room that she got uh, rapidly pulled out of. And I want, to, I want to state that there were some people involved, maybe some children involved, maybe a spouse that was involved, that was greatly hurt and affected by what was happening in this woman's act. We don't know the man. They didn't bring him to the, to the, to the courtroom experience in front of Jesus. But we do know that this was wrong. And I want to say that because sometimes when we read Scripture, we, we like to just go over the parts that, okay, it's wrong, okay, no big deal. Well, this is a big deal. And I want to point that out because what's following next is the response to the big deal. And so here's what happens is uh, 
They put her in front of the crowd. So she's now being interrogated in front of all these people. Everyone knows her business. And Jesus is right there in the middle. And it says this, teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law says to stone her. What do you say? And this is the question of our era, of our time, that all of the world is wanting you to answer, what do you say? Anytime there's a big event, anytime there's something happening at the workplace and your boss does something, they're like, well, what do you say about that? Anytime your sibling starts acting up or there's family drama, someone's going to call you and go, what do you say about that? Every other day, there's a new hashtag on social media. And really what Facebook and Twitter and Instagram is really saying is, what do you see? say? Every week you come to church and you expect Pastor Levi to answer the question, what do you say? So we got all these BD eyes pointing right at us, wondering how are we going to address what happens in Charlottesville? How are we going to address what happens at the homosexual funeral? How are we going to address what's happening in the political world with the Republicans and the Democrats and the decisions that Donald Trump is making? The question that everyone wants you to answer is what do you say? And I love what Jesus says. Nothing. They ask Jesus, what do you say? And he does this thing that you should probably take note of. Which is, say nothing. Because they really didn't care about what he said. We'll find out why. Because the scripture says, what do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they can use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. The world doesn't care what you say. They're really just looking at a way to throw a rock at you. And so some of you feel the pressure because, you know, I need need to to let people know where I stand. I need to let people know what I believe. I need to let them know that what sins I don't agree with. I need to let them know how I feel about my brother. And really what they're looking for is not what you say. They're really looking for you to say something loose with your lips that they can point back at you and really throw a rock at you. So Jesus says, "Mm, I ain't going to say nothing. But then here's the verse, right? Verse 7, they kept demanding an answer. Well, come on, Fresh Life, what do you believe about this? What does your pastor believe about this? Aren't you going to address this? Well, what are you going to do? Well, the, the president said this. What do you guys believe about that? What is it? The co- well, you guys are all Christians. What do you believe about this? They kept demanding an answer. I'm just telling you, there's not going to go a day where the world is not demanding an answer for you, from you to say something. But you got to be very careful because we do not cast our pearls to the swine. They don't care. They don't care. And so Jesus says, okay, I'll give you an answer. But he doesn't answer. He gives an answer with the question. Which is that, all right, but the one who has never sinned Throw the first stone. So you want to know my opinion? Here's my opinion. I'm not giving you my opinion. But if you're qualified to stone this girl, go ahead and do that. If you're not qualified, then shut up, put the rock down, and walk away. Well, what's your thought about the president? Well, here's the thing I know. Like, I've never made all the right decisions. So if you made every decision right, go ahead and throw the stone. But if you haven't made every decision right, put the rock down. 
Is it Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter? Well, here's what I know. If you are perfect and never thought a judgment thing about another person based on their age, what they were wearing, what their nationality is, go ahead and throw the first stone. But if you haven't, then put the rock down and shut up. Hope I can say that at Fresh Life. Let's keep reading. It says, then he stooped down and wrote in the dust again. And when the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. And then Jesus stood up and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus says, neither do I. Go and sin no more. Here's what I know is, I guess what I want to propose to you is this, is just because you're right doesn't mean you need a rock. Just because you're right doesn't mean you need a rock. I mean, that's what they were looking for, right? The onlookers came. They came with rocks in their hand. They were ready. They had sharp rocks, jagged rocks, big rocks. They were, they were professional rock throwers. And they were there. We're right. And Jesus goes, yes, I know you're right. Yes, adultery is wrong. But just because you're right, it doesn't mean you need a rock. See, I expect the world to throw rocks. I expect, like, when I'm on social media, people that don't believe in Jesus or are followers of Jesus, I understand they're going to throw rocks. They're going to say hateful things about different races. They're going to they're bash the president. They're going to they're gonna bash people who live alternative lifestyles. They're going to stand outside abortion clinics and picket the heck out of those girls. I get that from the world, but we're not the world. We are kingdom, and we are supposed to act differently than the world. We don't act like culture. We act like kingdom, and among Christians, it should be different. Just because you're right, it doesn't mean it needs a rock. You're right. See, you can either prove a point or provide a place, but you can't do both. And that's what they. That's what they wanted. They. They wanted to throw a rock. So, so what are you saying we do, Pastor? Like if I can't throw rocks, if I can't tweet what I'm feeling, if I can't talk about the person when they leave, if I can't make sure people know where I stand, because the enemy will use whatever trick he wants to use to get you to pick a side so you'll divide. So here's what I would suggest. Don't throw rocks. Throw relief. See, Jesus was the only person there qualified to throw a rock. He said, hey, whoever's qualified, whoever's perfect, whoever hasn't made a mistake, matter of fact, how'd you catch this woman? Because you were probably peeping Tom in while she was in the act, and then you realized someone saw me, so I better do the right thing before they accuse me of the wrong thing. Jesus knew that their motives were wrong. They really wasn't wanting to bring justification on her life. They were trying to cover up problems in their life. And so what happens is Jesus says this. He said, hey, look, okay, if you're qualified, go ahead and throw the first rock but none of them were. They all dropped him. So Jesus is left there, and he's the only one qualified to throw a rock. And you would think God would have said, you know what? I wrote the law of Moses. Off with her head. But he doesn't do that. He says, where are your accusers? Do they condemn you? Neither do I. What Jesus did was offer her something that she didn't even know that she could get which was relief. Is what you're saying adding more wood to the fire? Or are you putting water on things that are, like, like is it uniting people or is it creating more, more gaps? 
Is it bringing your family together or is it making your sister hate your brother even more? Is it honoring your pastor or is it tearing apart the church that Jesus died to build? Is it, is it, is it in honor of leadership and authority over your life or is it causing your work environment to be more dysfunctional or your marriage to get more hateful or your parenting with your kids or your kids with your parents to get more divisive? Is what you're doing giving justice or is it giving relief? Jesus is basically saying, hey, we don't throw rocks, church. We throw relief. We don't throw rocks. We throw relief. Because here's the reality, right? So we got abortion clinics, and you know, here's the truth. Abortion's wrong. It's a sin. And we could go to these clinics, and we could stand outside with these big old signs, with these big old pictures of babies, yelling at all the girls coming out, you're going to hell for the sin you're committing, and we're right. And yes, you would be 100% right. But that does nothing for their soul. And so you do that, you stand outside, you got your pick a fence, you got your shirt on, you feel all good about yourself, and then a month goes by, two months go by, and conviction sets into that girl's heart, and somehow Jesus keeps drawing her. And then she shows up to Fresh Life, but you happen to be the person standing outside the door that was with the picket sign, and now you're this person outside the door with a Fresh Life t-shirt talking about, welcome to church. You know what that girl's going to say? I ain't going to this church. They throw rocks. So what do we do? Do we tell everybody about, do we not take a stand? I thought we're the church. I thought we're supposed to stand up for stuff. I thought we're supposed to stand up for stuff. I thought we're supposed to take a stand. We realize this, that your opinion doesn't matter, but your position does. At the end of the day, your opinion really doesn't matter. Like, I would say have an opinion, go ahead and keep an opinion, you know, you should be thinking things through. You should be sorting stuff out. You should have views on the way our government is going. You should have views on the way people are being treated. You should have views on sin and God's... Do all that. Have an opinion. But here's what I realize: is you could have an opinion and Facebook post it to your five friends in hopes that it's going to get to the president and actually change something. But it's not. Whether you like Donald Trump or not, he's going to make decisions regardless of your opinion. Like, racist people, they're not going to like people of a different color regardless of your opinion. Like, here's the truth. You might not like the message I'm preaching. But I'm going to preach it anyway. Because your opinion really doesn't matter. How they treat people at your job and your opinion about it doesn't matter. They're going to do what they want to do. So your Position does matter, and we see Jesus do something drastically different. He doesn't give his opinion. He takes a different posture. And this posture is a posture of prayer. The Bible says he stooped down, and he wrote in the dust, and they kept demanding an answer. I believe that Jesus went automatically back to his father. He says, this may appear to be the weaker stance, but this is actually the most powerful stance. You might want me to take a stand and say something. I am saying something, but I'm just talking to the person who can bring change because Facebook ain't going to fix it. My opinion's not going to fix it, but I'm going to go to the King of Kings, and I'm going to go to the Lord of Lords, and I'm going to go to the man who's seated on the throne, who cannot be voted out of the offerings, who holds the government on his shoulders, and I'm going to take my opinion to someone who can actually do something. 
so Jesus, he gets there and he takes this position and they're demanding an answer. The Bible says he writes in the dust. And I'm thinking, Jesus go, Lord, you better help me because so, I'm about to kill these Pharisees. They get on my last nerve. They want to know how I really, I'm about to tell them how I really feel. I'm about to, you know, to hell with y'all. Y'all, you know, forget this. I ain't dying on the cross for none of these people. He's doing tic-tac-toe. I only been baptized three years now. So you better help me, Jesus. You better help me, Lord. That's probably what he's doing. Here's what I would say. Before you say, pray. Matter of fact, if you won't pray about it, don't post about it. If you're unwilling to take it to God to get his heart, to get his thought, to get his motive, to get his grace, to get, don't you dare say something on behalf of God that he did not say because you had an opinion. Get to this posture. Well, you know, I can't stand what so-and-so's doing. Here, here's what I know. You know what? Every president that's ever lived hasn't made every right decision, and everyone's had an opinion. But here's what I know. Trump ain't going to change because of me. Guess what I do? I go to God, and I want God's favor and God's hand upon Trump's life, regardless if it was Trump or Hillary. I want God to be in the Oval Office. I want God to be in every local government. I want God to be over every police officer. I want God. All authority has been appointed by God. I might not be able to change them, but I know someone who can. And I want God to get the final say in the, I can't change the KKK and the white supremacists and the people, but I can take this thing to God. I can't make them to not have an abortion, but maybe if I go to God, maybe God will grab a hold of some hearts and those say, I can't. Your opinion doesn't matter, but your position does. Your hashtag revival isn't going to change anything. The world is moving so fast. And the enemy wants you to get distracted and think that you should make the decision. Here, here's what I know is it's hard to throw a rock when you're standing on one. It is so hard to throw a rock when you're standing on one. There's an old ham on Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. See, the moment that we get on the rock, what we're saying is we trust in God's authority. We trust in God's sovereignty. We trust that he is in control. We trust that even though we may not be able to make a difference, he can make every difference. We trust that God is tried, tested, and true. He has never failed. He won't start now. We let him be the vindicator. We let him be the, we know that blessing doesn't come from the north, the south, the east, or the west, but comes from the Lord. So no matter how our boss is treating us, God's in control. We understand that our kids may be living waywardly, but if I train them in the way that they should go when they're old, they won't depart from it. We know that all authority has been placed by God Almighty, so if I stay on the rock, it's hard to throw one. But what I've learned is the moment you come off the rock, and what you're saying is I don't trust God to fix it, so let me. So let me. God, you're taking too long. I'm coming off the rock, and I'm going to chuck some because I want to make sure that justice is served. See, that's what the Pharisees wanted. They wanted justice to be served on that woman. And so they said, hey, look, the law says to stone her. Jesus like, I know what the law says. 
I wrote it. I know exactly what it says. They wanted the woman dead. What Jesus knew was she was already dead. And by throwing a rock would have just gave her what she was. And so we can stone her, but she's already dead. You don't know it, people, but the fact that she's sleeping around with different men is a great depiction that there's a hole in her soul. She's a dead woman walking. And so what I offer is not more death. I offer life. And so I'm going to stand on this rock, and yes, I don't know if that woman's going to sleep around again. And yes, I know what she did was wrong. And yes, I know that abortion was, and I, yes, I know homosexuality. And yes, I know that blah, 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 blah. But I know this. God will finish the good work that he started, and his word will not return void. It will accomplish everything it set out to do. If he was faithful then, he can be faithful again. What we want, we want final justice right now. But we got to see this is about eternity. It's about eternity. You know, the truth is, is uh, I don't know about you, but I've had rocks in my hands a lot. And some of you might be going, I don't throw rocks. Oh, but you do. With your little words and your little comments and your rolled eyes and your opinion. We, we, don't like to, we don't like to place ourselves in positions that we can't stand, so we like to make people fall into categories that we're not in. So we would say, you know, this or that, but we end up becoming the thing we hate. So we'll do things where it's like, you know, I can't believe so-and-so was talking about me behind my back, and what they did was wrong and hurt, but what you're, you're doing the exact same thing you know, uh, the decisions that they're making in the government, they have no respect for people. You have no respect. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? You end up becoming the thing that you hate. We don't ever want to classify with those things, but can I submit to you this, that you've never laid eyes on anyone that did not matter to God. Let me say that again. You have never laid eyes on anyone that did not matter to God. That person who wronged you, that person that hurt you, that person that did that crazy stuff, that person you put in the category, the liar, the murderer, the adulterer, the sinner. You put the racist, put the KKK, put Adolf Hitler, put everyone that Saddam Hussein, put them all in there. God loves them. He wanted all those people in those categories to experience the same justification that you and I who have participated in receiving Jesus, Lord and Savior, to experience. He wanted every It is his will that none should perish, which means no matter how much wrong someone has done, God's will is, I wish they would choose me. He loved Judas. And then we say things like, we're not like them. We're not white supremacists, we're not KKK. Oh, but you look at girls that are teenagers that get pregnant and be like, man, you just should have kept your legs closed. Or you look at people who dress differently and be like, you know, they just need to pull your pants up and dress respectable. Or you look at people who maybe have tattoos and big earrings and gauges, you're like, they're never gonna amount to nothing in their life. And you just became the thing that you said that you're not. And just because you don't have a mask on, you got a mask on. There's black people who wear masks, there's white people who wear masks, there's Hispanics that wear masks. We all have these masks because we see through a lens of someone that we don't want to identify with. 
God would say to me and you, can you love what's behind the mask? Because that's what God did to you. He took your mask off and said, yeah, you know what, little liar, I'm going to love you. Mm-hmm, yeah, you ain't slept around, but you watched enough sleeping around. You need to swipe right. But you know what, I'm going to look past your mask because I'm going to love what's behind the mask. Now you've been text message and email, you're married, but you're not committing adultery, you haven't cheated, but you're having emotional... I'm going to look past the mask. Here's what I know. God threw a rock so we don't have to. What am I saying? When they were there and they demanded a rock, they said, you know what? We demand a rock. The, the law says to stone her. And we've got rocks ready to throw at her. What Jesus was essentially was saying was like, she's going to get stoned. God has already settled this. She is going to pay for her sin. But I'm the rock. God sent me to be the chief cornerstone. That all sin, all guilt, all condemnation would rest upon my shoulders. So you're demanding judgment, but I am the payment. That Jesus, God said, you know what? You guys wanted rocks? I'm going to give you one rock for all man time so that you don't have to throw rocks anymore, that you could continue to throw the same relief that I saw. I know the world was in sin, but while you were sinners and enemies of God, I sent my son at just the right time to reconcile you back to the Father. Even though you were drowning in your sin, I love the world so much that I sent my rock from heaven to die on a cross that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life that's built on the rock. So you don't have to throw a rock. I already did. I already did. So yes, people who are doing that, yes, God sees it. Nothing doesn't go unnoticed from the eye of God. But you and I are not God. And I think it would do a good thing for our society, for our world, for us to stop trying to be God. We can put them down. We can put the rocks down. You know, there's been many times in my life I've had rocks ready up, sharp ones, man. I know how to pick the best ones out. <laughs> I don't know about you, but there are times in my life where if this hasn't happened, you, it will happen to you, where you have people that you love, that you care about, might be family, might be a friend, might be someone you're mentoring, might be someone at your job, someone you're overseeing, maybe a boss, someone you looked up to, someone you're in close relationship with. There's gonna be seasons in your life where that person is going to do something that is signed, sealed, delivered, wrong. They're gonna say something about you to someone else that wasn't true. They're going to stab you in the back. They're going to say hurtful things about your daughter, about your son. They're going to make an opinion about you. They're going to take jabs at the church that you attend. They're going to say all kinds of stuff at your faith, what you believe. And it's going to hurt. And it's wrong. You know, as a pastor, I, I've experienced this over the years. I've been pastoring now for almost 12 years at our church. And over that time, you know, you have people that you really love, valuably everything in you love like you you've given up everything to serve the people that god has given you in 
there have been seasons and this, this never stops. It never stops for a pastor. There'll be people that you love, that you've built up, that you've seen God do miracles in their life. You've seen God restore their family. You've seen someone who had no education get a good job. You've, you've seen people get off addictions. You've seen businesses, businessmen and women who've come to church and their business just started booming because they started pattering their ways after God. We, we got all kinds of people who struggle with all kinds of anxiety, depression, and, and, and God comes and gives them peace and stillness. And we, we see all this stuff happening slowly over time. Sometimes those people leave. And every time someone leaves, it's never with a good word on the way out. It's never like we're going to the other church because we are just so grateful for everything that happened at the last church, but, you know, God was leading us on. It's never that. They always leave with a lie. And they leave with something that is often said about the people that love them, and it hurts. And so I've had people leave that we really loved, embraced, and walked through, and spent time with, and had them in our house, and done amazing things for their family and next thing you know they leave and they're saying all this hateful stuff about me my wife my kids our church xyz and i got my rock i promise you i got a rock i got this case full of rocks that i'll run to from time to time they're nice and jagged i mean i know how to take out giants so i really know how to take out this person you know what i'm saying so i get the biggest chippy rock i could find and then i'm on social media and i'm like ooh, you know what i'm gonna let all my thousand followers know the real deal they're not gonna lie about me. I'm gonna tell them all about what really happened. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah, the whole world's gonna know. This ain't a pastor me kind of thing. Yeah, you were addicted. You, were, you, know, you did this. Yeah, I'm gonna let the whole world know right now. And I got the rock and I'm getting ready to throw it. And it's, ah, uh, and then God says, Mekon, you really gonna throw that? Because I got a whole bunch of rocks that were meant for you. Tell me, he said, Mikal, put, put them down. Put it down. So right there, all right, delete. All right, I'm not going to get up in church and tell the church about it. All right, I guess I'm going to have to take the weird looks at the grocery store, and people are just going to think this is it. And Okay, well, I guess people are going to think this about me, and, you know, there's people who hate me never even know me, and they're, I guess, I guess that's what I'm going to have to do. But here's what I've learned is what God told me is me kind of if you throw the rock, and this is what he would say to you, if you want to throw the rock, go ahead, but just know it could be the thing that keeps them out of the kingdom forever. They could have threw the rock. They could have threw the rock at the girl and it would have been justified. God would have said, you're right, that's exactly what the law states and she would have died never knowing the grace of God. And so you're right, you could throw the rock and hate your brother for life and throw the rock and talk about people and throw the rock, but okay, what if you throw the rock and next week they come to your church? It's either throw rocks at people you never think you'll ever reach those people, I'm sitting there, I got the rock ready, I'm like, I'm not going to do it, and lo and behold, a couple years will go by, and that same family went up walking back into my church, 
same church they left and said all hateful things, the same stuff that they said and took 25 people with them, the same church that they said all this hateful stuff about, the same church that they said that pastor wasn't there for me and he did this and he did that and he, they lied and they got people to go with them and they lied and they got people. Those same people will walk back in my door and can I tell you what the feeling is that when they walk in, I can embrace them because I have no rocks in my hands. And what God told me is, Mekon, if you throw a rock now, they may never know my love. But guess what? Love raises people back to life. And so I sat there and said, I'm not going to throw rocks. I'm going to throw relief. So I got unending grace. The same unending grace that was given to me is the same unending grace I'm going to give to them. And yeah, it hurt like hell, but I don't want them to go to hell. So I'm not going to throw a rock. I'm going to throw relief. So yes, you can come back in. Yes, I'm going to give grace to you because you are already dead to begin with and my rock won't help it'll make me feel better but it won't make it better so I don't know where you're at everyone's standing at every location everyone's standing at every location I don't know where you're at I don't know what you're facing maybe you feel like that girl maybe you're here today and you got rocks in your hands that you've been throwing at people and you know hashtagging and uh, this is what I feel about this and what I feel about that and it's making you feel better but it's not making anything better can I submit to you that maybe just maybe it's time for you to put the rock down maybe by putting the rock down your brother will know Jesus maybe by yeah I know your brother's addicted I know he's been taking advantage of your mom and dad I get all that but by throwing the rock is not going to see the salvation in his house put the rock down I get it, how they're living is sin, but it's not gonna get them in the kingdom. Put the rock down. I know there's a lot of stuff going on in our nation, in our country, but don't give your opinion. Get to the right position. Put the rock down. Get back on the rock. Maybe you're here today, and I would just encourage you. Put them down. Put them down. There's another group of people here today that at every location, you feel like the woman, like you feel like God has rocks aimed at you. That man, if God knew what I did, if he knew what I said, if, if he checked my search browser history, if he saw the money that I stole from work, if he saw how I treated the person in that cell, if he saw how I, if he saw my emails that I sent to the coworker that my wife or my husband doesn't know about, if, if my parents found out about that I had the abortion, I had sex, I'm only 15 years old and I'm only 13 years old and I gave my body to that boy who said he was gonna love me but he's not there anymore. And Maybe you're here today and you felt like God's got a rock aimed at you. He does, but it's not the rock you thought. It's a rock wrapped in grace. It's a rock wrapped in mercy. It's a rock wrapped in love and his name is Jesus. And he's not mad at you, he's madly in love with you. And he wants to give you pardon for your decisions. He sees it, he knows it, it's in public view of him. But he says, where are your accusers? Do they condemn you? Neither do I. The same thing that he offered to that woman is the exact same thing he wants to offer you to, to you today. So in every location, if you can close your eyes and bow your heads, I believe there's many of you today that would say, Pastor, I need that Jesus. That's not the Jesus I see on social media. It's not the Jesus that I see in my coworkers. It's not the Jesus that maybe someone tried to introduce me to, but this Jesus is a good God and he's got a good plan for you. So much better than maybe what you've seen. It doesn't make sense, but he loves you in spite of you. And if you're here today at every location, you would say, Pastor, will you pray for me? 
because today I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I want him to come in. I, I'm not going to leave here without him. I need him. I want to invite him into my world to change me from the inside out. I'm not going to be perfect. I'll probably mess up a whole bunch more. But I'm not going to do this thing without him. If that's you with every eye closed and every head bowed, will you do me a favor? Will you lift your hand high in the air at every location? Go ahead, put it up. Come on, if you're in Portland, put it up. Salt Lake City, Helena, come on, put it up. Whitefish, Polson, Billings, come on, put your hand in the air. Yes. Go to put your hand down. Let me pray for you. Father God, I pray for every single person at every location. God, I pray you do a work in their life that only you can do. I truly believe that today is a new beginning and a fresh start starts right now. Church, would you repeat this prayer after me, especially those that lifted your hands and they say, Dear Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Help me to live for you and to love you all the days of my life. Today I'm new. Today I'm changed. Today I'm forgiven. Today I'm free. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. What an incredible message. Thank you so much for joining us in this teaching from Fresh Life Church. If while you were watching, you made the decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. We would love to connect with you. We would love to send you a 21-day devotional through the book of John, written by Pastor Levi. To receive that, you can text the word Fresh Life to 99000, or you can click the Know God tab on the website at freshlife.church. If you've been impacted by what God is doing through Fresh Life Church, we would love to hear from you. You can click on the Share Your Story tab, or you can email us at story at freshlife.church. These stories are incredibly encouraging to both our staff and our church family. Finally, if you guys would like to partner with us financially and support what God is doing in and through Fresh Life Church, you can text the word FRESH to 45777. You can also give online at the website, or you can give via the Fresh Life app. Thank you so much for watching.